0: You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Borden on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, Hour 2,
1: Sportsnet Today, live from the Doug Lacy's Basement Systems downtown studios here in Calgary, Alberta. For our friends at Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, Cracked Foundation, Boeing Foundation Walls, they have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems, they're all things basement-y is systems.com Our one reaction to the win over the Dallas Stars on Thursday night at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome and diving into all the news that we've had on this Friday Ilya Solovyov recalled for the Calgary Wranglers of course Nikita Zadorov traded to the Vancouver Canucks, and Oliver Shillington out on the ice with a couple of his teammates at Max Bell Arena today. No return imminent for Shillington, but great news nonetheless to see number 58 back out there for the Calgary Flames. Later this hour, we'll get a Vancouver perspective ahead of tomorrow's matchup with the Canucks. Bick Nazar from Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver is going to join us. How are Canucks fans processing the Nikita Zadorov trade? Get into all of that with Bick. But a quick reminder of the fan feedback line. It's always open to you. It's been a busy one. Here on this Friday edition of the program, you can continue to text in at 960-960. We'll keep the conversation going on the text line my outstanding producers on this Friday afternoon along with me here in the Doug Lacy's Basement Systems downtown studio, Cam and Taylor. A couple moments. We'll flash you back to the Scotia Bank sound on this Friday here from uh, the captain, Michael Backlund, his reaction to the Nikita Zadorov trade and to seeing Oliver Shillington back out at practice today. We'll also hear from the, Most recent call up from the Calgary Wranglers, Ilya Solovyov. He practiced with the group today. We'll see what it means, perhaps, for him getting in the lineup Saturday against the Canucks. But a couple of your texts to kick things off at 960 960. Feedback line. (laughs) I've been busy like I thought it would be. I listened to uh, the Flamestock postgame show on my way home from the Dome last night with Pat and. The callers were fast and furious, as they always are. A lot of people taking in the Nikita Zadorov trade in different ways. And then today, Solovyov being the guy called up. Shillington out skating with uh, a couple of his teammates has people excited. So I'm not surprised uh, the fan feedback line's getting a workout. Here's a couple more uh, texts to get to before we hear from the captain and Ilya Solovioff. Uh, let's go with this one here uh, starting out Uh, everyone needs to stop bashing on Conroy it's the best trade that was out there Big Z didn't help by making it public Conroy's been a part of the organization helping Triliving for so long we need to trust the process too early to tell yet Uh, this text says people complaining about the return don't understand hockey Luke Shen who I think is better than out defensively was traded for a third-round pick at the deadline last year. People need to stop thinking with their hearts and look at the trade from a non-partisan position. That from Tim. Uh, Todd texting in, such unrealistic takes from the texters today. Conroy did not get fleeced in either trade. Need to remember we're talking about Zadorov, not Hannafin. Come on, people. Uh, this text says, I live outside of Vancouver, and the Canucks fans are all loving the trade. I don't think it's smart to make our second-biggest rival better. Should have traded him back East. That one. I don't know about. I, For a long time. I was kind of in that same boat about. I don't know how I feel about trading. In division or in conference. I've become less. Concerned about that. And honestly. If the return is, is more or equal. I don't really care. I, you know. Sure, I I guess the Oilers one, I know Pat's pointed that out as well. Maybe that's the biggest difference, but I mean, I don't know, it's a couple games a year different than than playing in the East now with a schedule that sees all the teams come to your arena and you go to their arena once a year. You're only talking about two or three games difference than a team in the Eastern Conference, so I don't know. Does it change your perspective? What if the Canucks deal was significantly better than anything a team in the East was was offering. Would you still not trade with Vancouver simply because they're in your division? It's tough. Uh, Mick texted in saying, I remember when Gilmore was traded for Lehman, everybody loved it or justified it. I've never heard any of you radio guys criticize the GM for a deal. Unless it's in hindsight, then it's usually justified. I mean, I, I, I don't know what else to say, Mick. I haven't... I haven't told you this is a whole. I've said it, I don't know, Cam, how many times? It's not a home run.
2: I think we're going around three, four, five times today.
1: It's not. I've said it a thousand times. I'm not justifying it. It was not a home run. I think that's what a third pairing defenseman goes for. There's nothing to criticize. Okay. Um, this guy that just loves to tear me down. Your pauses are longer than normal today, Logan. Trying to kill me. Not a lot of content today. Infuriating. All right, 8930. There's a pause for you. <laughs> this one says, Why wouldn't we get at least a second rounder for Zadoroff? We're not going to win this year because the second rounder wasn't available. I don't know. I if, if, honestly don't think if Craig Connor was like, mm, I'd rather take a third and a fifth than a second. A lot of third pairing defensemen just don't go for second round picks. I'm sorry if there was a better deal out there for Nikita Zadorov, I think Craig Conroy would have taken it. Plain and simple. Uh, This text says, please explain the disallowed goal and the reasoning for it. Did I miss something? Uh, Yeah, it was ruled a hand pass after video review. They uh, took a look at it and they can review it. A challenge can be reviewed for a missed stoppage in play. Backlund stopped the puck with his hand and the next player to touch it from the flames was... Huberto, Backlund would have had to possess the puck before Huberto touched it. Unfortunately, it came down. It did hit Backlund on the leg when it came down, but that doesn't count as possession. So unfortunately, it, it gets ruled as a hand pass because Huberto is the next guy to touch it. It's an unfortunate play. It's not, it's not quite the hand pass that Philip Forsberg had a couple of games ago against the Flames. And I can see why people wonder why there's a difference between the two, but that's the best explanation I can I can give you on that one. Uh, this one says, Luke Shen was almost out of the league a couple years ago. I wouldn't say he's better than Zadorov. This text from Doug and Chaparral. We're already having aging contracts for the next several years. We don't need to fully aging out on a seven-year deal either. Both trades were good moves. Allie in Chestermere says, when Z starts playing bigger minutes in Vancouver, it'll expose his inconsistency even more. Uh, this text, Zdorov now on his fifth team. Do fans think a first or second round pick or a prospect are going to be sent here for a D-man making $3.75 million? Uh Colin in Calgary says, Logo, great to see Oliver on the ice today. Great Christmas present for Flames and their fans. 100% couldn't agree with that. More. Shoob's texting in our pal, this fan base, I tell you, I have no problem with the deal. I don't see any team training more than what Vancouver did, considering he may only play for them three quarters of a season. And that's a good point by Shubes. And I don't think it's one that's been talked about enough. I, I know there are some people, I think uh, Rick Dollywall was talking about this in Vancouver. They're going to explore uh, an extension for Nikita Zadoroff in Vancouver. They still don't have a ton of cap space to make that work. Elias Pettersson's due for a big raise in Vancouver, and they got to get that figured out. I know they've got some Russian connections there. That's Dan Milstein's bread and butter out in Vancouver, and I'm sure Nikita would love to play there, but at $3.75 million, or if he's looking for more than that on the next deal, I don't actually know if Vancouver can afford him. It'll be interesting to watch that perspective play out, but as Shoe's point out, this might just be a rental situation for a third-pairing defenseman In Vancouver. Uh, This one says going back to our point about playing east and west uh, or trading a player east rather than west, whatever. uh, It says it has nothing to do with the amount they play each other. It has to do with making a team that you're fighting with a playoff spot better for every game. I guess, but I mean, you've got to be. I think you're more concerned about your own team, right? Uh, If Vancouver's Vancouver's already doing well, so. I don't know. And again, it's a we're talking about a third pairing defenseman. Does this make Vancouver uncatchable if you're Calgary? I don't know. I'm I'm just here to take the best return if I'm Craig Conroy. Uh, a couple more texts here before we hear from Michael Backlund. Uh, Flames one big getting rid of Big Z puts lots of pressure on him defensively and come out with three goals against for him tomorrow night. I can see that happening. Uh, Colin Delhousy says I simply see the reason for the trade. Clear cap space out. Allow room for younger guys to come up and perform. Also, Shillington should be back within a good amount of time. I don't know about that. I hope that's true. Um, it might be coincidence that Shillington was back out on the ice following the off trade, but I, I hope it does mean. I hope you're right, Cole. I hope it does mean we're talking about that. Uh, Grant says he didn't want to be here. Now he's not. End of story. Uh, and then here's uh, Tony texting in. Horrible trade, Conroy 0-2 for trades. Let's hope none of our top four get hurt. We'll see how bad this trade really is. What did we think? Look who taught him to be a GM, Brad, the worst GM in Calgary's history. Thanks for taking my text. Yeah, again, and I'm not going to, if you feel that the Calgary's 0-2 on the trades under Craig Conroy, you're you're welcome to that opinion, and I'm not probably going to change your mind on it do I think either one of them have been, like I've mentioned a few times, like a knock it out of the park kind of move? No, I think Sharon Govich has been way better in November than he was in October. He's also a different player than Tyler Toffoli in a different situation. And the Flames in another UFA spot weren't bringing him back or bringing Toffoli back, to clarify. So you get a younger player, He signed him up for a couple years at less money. And so far, Sharon Govich has looked okay. This one, while not a, again, not a home run, I think is a fair going price for a third pairing defense. And so I don't know that I would classify it as 0 for 2. Do I think he's fleeced another GM or, you know, won a trade definitively? Maybe not, but I don't think that that means you lost the trade either. Uh, If that makes sense, you can keep your uh, text coming in at nine six zero nine six zero. The fan feedback line is uh, busy today and we'll continue to read your text throughout the afternoon, but I do want to get you uh, Michael Backlund uh, and Ilya Solovyov audio. They were both at practice on Friday for the Calgary flames. We'll start with the captain. Of course, Uh, Michael Backlund with thoughts on Oliver Shillington getting some uh, time on ice with his uh, teammates today. Also thoughts on the Nikita Zadorov trade and what it means for his group going forward. This is the captain, Michael Backwood. His thoughts on Friday following practice.
0: Can I just ask you about uh, <clears throat> the idea that Oliver Shillington back around the rink, and nobody's talking about timelines, nobody's talking about a return, but just the idea of seeing fellow countrymen, teammate, and friend that you've been around for a long time back in and around it.
2: Yeah, it's great. It was great seeing him here this morning. Uh, I was super excited. I went heard yesterday he was coming in, and um, yeah. Uh, So I was really happy to see him this morning, and uh, he looked like he was doing really well, and uh, he was really happy to be here. Have you had a chance to keep in
0: touch with him over this time? No doubt it's been difficult for him, and life gets busy, but are you able to kind of keep in touch with him from time to time?
2: Yeah, uh, we've kept in touch the whole time, Um, even last season. um, It's easy easy nowadays to, you know, send a text and all that, and, um, you know, we talked on the phone a couple times last a few times last year, too, and... um, and yeah, when he came here just before camp, you know, um, had him over and um, it's too bad, you know, he was, he, you know, we we're all excited, thought he was going to come back right away then and, uh, but it's a process and, uh, um, but we're happy where he's now and hopefully he keeps feeling, feeling well. What's your message to him as captain and as, you know, teammate? Uh, no, I'm just, you know, today I was just super excited to see him. I'm trying to catch up a little bit. Uh, I haven't seen him in uh We've been so busy traveling i haven't seen him in a month probably uh, in person so um just i was just really excited to see him today and more talking as a friend than anything
1: did you know that coaches can can challenge and passes
2: uh well we tried in nashville (laughs) uh and uh that didn't work out but uh yeah i wasn't sure what the if you could challenge or not but i knew you could challenge a high stick um but yeah yeah i mean we see you know uh, we stayed hot and uh, scored a nice goal after, so that was the, <laughs> the uh, you know the most important thing. Is he letting you guys know, you know, that he's, that he's
1: scoring as
2: much as? He nah, is? he's a humble guy. He's uh, he's uh, he's such a great teammate, so uh, no, he's super humble. It's amazing
1: what he's doing. though,
2: right? Yeah, I know he's having a great start to the season. You know, we're really excited for him. Um, you know, coming in last year took him a while to score his first goal and uh it's always hard when you don't get that first one off early and um but i thought the year went on last year he, you know became better and better and to, this year coming in and have a good, really good start is, is big key for our group uh, i mean we're, we rely on him he's a big part of our group uh, he's a leader in the room and um yeah we're all really excited for him to having a really good start for the uh and chirps dying down at all. Right? <laughs> uh, well, you, when you're hot, you're hot. <laughs> like, so you've,
3: been, you've been in a spot before where the group's worked really hard to get back in it, and then maybe it falls back a little bit. What's what's important to keep this run going and, and to keep this surge and turn it into more of a normal thing?
2: Well, we, we gotta remember why we're playing well while we're doing. Uh, Right, what's working for us, and I think that's the biggest Uh, key—not to get away from it, stay focused uh, on a daily basis. uh, Take everything. It's—I mean—it's cliche, but day by day, and have a short, uh, um, you know, uh, focus here on just the next game, and um, yeah, just keep it going, uh, roll within momentum. Uh, We're playing some good hockey, and but yeah, I think the big key is to know why we're playing well, and um, that's going to help us moving forward here to keep playing well
4: how, how weird is it to face a guy a former teammate two days later after he's dealt and like just the dynamic of that
2: yeah it's yeah it's uh, it's gonna be weird CNC and different jerseys tomorrow uh uh you know when i saw it happen yesterday i'm like oh well yeah we're playing in a couple of days it's uh, <laughs> it's gonna be different for sure
4: uh, and not you to, say, you go ahead. Uh, just what what he contributed here, you were a teammate of his for a couple of years. Just what do you bring on and off the ice to the organization?
2: Well, he brings a lot of energy on and off the ice. Uh, he plays a physical game, but he's also a very good skater for his size. And, um, you know, we call him Bobby. He loves doing, you know, Bobby Orr just loved doing those end to end skating. Chirping <laughs> <No. laughs> uh, a little bit about that. Uh, but no, he's a great teammate, a great guy. Um, yeah. Just got a weak set too, he's, it's a loud, loud personality, uh, but he, he's a fun guy to be around and he brings a lot of energy to the room.
3: Uh, seeing Uyghur score goals, Hannafin's also been producing as well, even Tando gets himself a goal yesterday. We're seeing the defense be a lot more activated in your gameplay. i was just curious from your stance as a forward, how does that impact the forwards play when you see the defense play as well at the back?
2: Well, I think it's a big key. In today's NHL, you need a D to join the rush. I think that's what the best teams do. And uh, I think it's hard to defend when D, uh, the D join the rush on opposing teams. Uh, when, you know, you get a, a rush uh, and, you know, the fourth and fifth man joins, it's, it's hard to defend. So I think it's a big key for our team to keep having success and keep playing well.
3: What yes. about in terms of, you know, if you're in the offensive zone and you're looking for an option, when you see a D-man coming in. Have you seen more of that in these last few weeks?
2: Well, we worked on our offensive game. It was it was a little stale at times early on in the season, and we worked on getting more motion uh, from everyone, uh, but definitely includes the D because, you know, they're standing up there, and we need them to get get moving, and us forwards need to get the puck up there and move as well. So it's something we talked about and worked on.
1: I asked McKenzie, like, with- Comebacks and the drama. Like, it's a lot of fun to watch right now, for sure. And I asked him, is it fun to play? And he was like, it is, but I'd like to win 5 1. Is that sort of where you guys are at? Is that that next step?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it's a tough league, tight league. Uh, um, it's always going to be tight games. The off game going to be a 5 1 game, but you got to, I think it's a big key to know how to win 3 uh, 2 games. Um, but yeah, for sure, we would like to go into the third period and be in a 3-2 and just close the game out uh, rather than have to chase uh, in the third period. It's, I mean, we were tied going into the third yesterday. Um, but yeah, I mean, last year we couldn't find a way to come back at all. So to done this, to done it several times earlier yeah. in the year this year um, you know, brings a lot of energy and confidence to the group that we can do that. And um, not being able to do it last year was really hard. So, um, But it's important that you find ways to win, uh, in every different situation, and I think we've done that this year. Are
3: you guys happy with your overtime record, too, 3-0? Oh,
2: yeah, that's that's really good. I mean, what was last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. <Of> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah was not good.
1: Some laughs for the captain. Michael Backlund at the end there, uh, reminiscing on, yes, last year's overtime adventures for this group uh, were not nearly as fun as they've been uh, at parts of this season. They're coming off another OT win against Dallas on Thursday couple texts at 960-960 to get to before we hear from Ilya Solovioff uh, after his recall from the Calgary Wranglers. Uh, this one says, need to wait and see how this whole season plays out to evaluate the Z trade. Example, what does Connie do with this pick and these picks and cap space? Uh, this text says, we got more for Zadorov than we did for Goudreau. People need to relax. Uh, Dawn says, since the announcement in Toronto by his agent, his play at best has been inconsistent. Well, I would have liked a sexier return. I like the cap space, and I think the move needed to be made. Uh, last but not least, Dylan and Revy, uh, a regular here on Sportsnet 960, with an outstanding uh, reference here to uh, end off our text line discussion right now. This one says: Other teams are aware of Zadorov being more of an adventure than Frodo's trek to Mordor. It's absurd to think Zadorov is worth much more than we got. He's a fifth defenseman who gets worse with more playing, uh, worse with more minutes. Excuse me. Good trade got rid of the elephant in the room open up space and pick up some picks that's a big dub that from Dylan in Revy and yes with some of that freed up cap space and a roster spot Ilya Solovyov, after a strong couple of weeks with the Calgary Wranglers has been recalled he spoke to the media on Friday after being back with the Calgary Flames at practice
0: what's this uh, latest opportunity mean to you
4: you know like I'm so happy to, to be back here and uh can't wait like when i can play again and uh, uh it's all what i got i'm
0: so excited how have you been playing uh before, we haven't seen you in some time but how have you been playing how do you like your game right now
4: uh i think it looks pretty good like yeah i play in the ahl like almost 10 games so like uh my coach tell me like it's uh, everything's good like you we love you how you play and uh uh Yesterday, uh, when they meet me in the uh, airport, they just tell me, like, uh, you, have to, you have to continue to play your game and uh, uh, how it's called, like, be yourself, like, don't change your game, like, just maybe a little bit quicker, a little bit physicality, but uh, that's all what I got, like, and uh, I think it's my game, so I, I have to play my game.
0: Ryan Hask was saying exactly that pace. How do you adjust quickly to the pace?
4: Just uh, thinking a little bit quicker because it's like NHL, it's not AHL anymore. So uh, thinking quickly, uh, moving a little bit quicker, and uh, I think it's will be good. You
1: said you have to play your game. What is your game?
4: My game is uh, first of all, it's uh, play smart. Don't lo- don't lose the goals. Help our goalie and uh, uh, try to break out the puck quicker and uh, help our forward to score the goals.
3: Anything else beyond speed that you tried to focus on in the AHL during your time back there?
4: Uh, physical play. Yeah, I. Uh, our head coach uh, Trent Calder told me like uh, I have to play like uh, like a heavy D. You know what I mean? Like uh, try to hit every guy. And uh, I'm pretty sure like uh, last uh, six game I play I play well on this way. On this way.
1: There. Uh a pretty heavy defenseman traded yesterday. Do you look and say, I, I want that spot now?
4: Uh, honestly, I didn't look the news, honestly. It's uh, all what I knew that uh, our general manager in the AHL team, Brad Pascal, told me that uh, probably I have to come back from the Vegas to Calgary on the next day. But uh, when we landed to Vegas, he just called me and said, Ilya, I wait you on uh, baggage claim. You have to grab your bags and uh, you fly back right now. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, like it's yeah, it's funny story, honestly. But uh, uh, you know, I, I was so, so happy. Like, I I don't think about like oh, again fly. No, it's it's not about me. I, I just was excited. And I just I can't wait like when I can step on ice with this group of guys and uh, start practicing play here.
1: Your your luggage did get there, right? You got it and brought
4: it back. Yeah. 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 So like <laughs> uh, you know, our our AHL staff mm-hmm. helped me to grab my bags, sticks, and uh, suits and other stuff, and uh, helped me to put it on the check-in uh, spot, and uh, helped me to check in on the on the plane, and uh, <laughs> almost like. Uh, uh, Daniel Johnson, it's uh, our uh, manager in the uh, Wranglers team. He was like uh, my mommy, yes, <laughs> yeah. So like, he just he just grabbed me on the hand and just uh, go with me everywhere and said, "All right, it's your spot. You can go." So so yeah, I go to Huddle.
1: <laughs> That's Ilya Uh A great story. Uh, he's on his way to Vegas with the Calgary Wranglers. Lands in Vegas. Brad Pascal calls him says, "Grab your bags. You're going back to Calgary." And the young man. Couldn't have been happier about that news to hop on a flight and get back to Calgary, and great to hear the staff helped him get all his stuff and uh, head back to Calgary, and we'll see. Maybe Saturday night against the Vancouver Canucks, we'll see him back in the Calgary Flames lineup. We'll take a break, come back on the other side. Uh, looking at the Zadorov trade from a Vancouver perspective, our pal Bik Nazar from Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver joins us next. Sportsnet today rolls on here on us Friday on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Next up for the Calgary Flames on this six-game homestand, their division rivals from Vancouver. And, of course, the little added spice of Nikita Zadorov said to make his Canucks debut on Hockey Night in Canada against his former team. Rocking number 91 for the Canucks. Going to be an interesting scene. I'm interested what the response will be from Flames fans. At the dome on Saturday. But the other side of this trade, the Vancouver Canucks, we've heard them around a number of these Flames UFAs. They pulled the trigger on a deal, adding to their defensive depth. To help us break it down from a Canucks point of view, very happy to go down the Atlas Beats and Sports Bar. Guest hotline this Friday afternoon. Welcoming our pal from SportsNet six fifty in Vancouver. it's uh, Bick Nazar this afternoon. Big, thanks for the time, man. How are you?
3: I'm vibing, man. Shoot, just keep me on hold here. This is awesome.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we bring out the jams on Friday, uh, especially (laughs) when we've got 5,000 things to talk about.
3: Yeah, it's uh, quiet in Calgary.
1: Yeah, nothing to to worry about. Uh, What was the reaction yesterday, man? Um, Came out of nowhere, at least here. We didn't really have any Friedman inside information or anything. A deal was coming down, just a press release from both sides that... The Flames and Canucks hooked up for a trade, and Vancouver was getting Nikita Zadorov.
3: I am uh, rather floored at uh, the the speed at this kind of all went together. Because you think uh, where we were three, four days ago, and you know Anthony Bavillier was still a member of the Vancouver Canucks, and uh, some quick lateral movement by Patrick Alvesine and Jim Rutherford, and. Uh, abracadabra! Uh, Nikita Zadorov is a Vancouver Canucks. Look, I was talking to you what two, three weeks ago, and I still very much believe that's like, yeah, I'm sure Zadorov's high on their list, but I just didn't see how it was going to happen. Suddenly, you know, cap space opens up in Chicago, or, or demand to acquire someone opens up in Chicago, and uh, here we are that uh, they were able to pull the trigger on this move.
1: Why did the Canucks need Nikita Zadorov?
3: Oh boy! Uh, so over the last handful of games, uh, I've been calling it survival mode for uh, some of the depth D men in uh, Vancouver. It's you know Mark Friedman, Noah Julson, and you know like Mark Friedman's new here. He's played a handful of games, and he, he started out you know the first seven eight minutes it was it was credible, and then you know the the time on ice has slowly dipped over and over again, and uh, there was there was one minute with eight. Minutes and 57 seconds, nine minutes and 48 seconds, 11 minutes and 45, 10 minutes and 43 seconds. It was just getting less and less and less. And then you throw on, you know, Carson Soucy gets hurt. So now Friedman and Jewelson have to play in the lineup. They, they brought up Cole McWard for one game, and they just weren't getting enough minutes from their depth D-men. And in the game against San Jose, the, the, the result of all this is a game in which they lost. They had to burn... 29 minutes on pronick 26 minutes on Quinn Hughes. And you just can't keep doing that for six, seven weeks while you're waiting for Carson Cease to come back. And clearly, like, the, the, the start of the season is they've pushed themselves into a very credible spot and here with 31 points in 24 games. So if you kind of jump the queue and uh, say, hey, we're, we're making a deadline-style acquisition now, and, and, and maybe they ultimately end up signing them, I wouldn't be surprised at that at all. But... You know, Jim Rutherford, notoriously known for acting quick over his time in Carolina and Pittsburgh. Uh, I think they kind of serve two masters here of, of something that can help us in the playoffs should we get there, but also we have a necessary need right now, and we, we can't keep running Hughes and Rodick out here for 25, 27-plus minutes regularly.
1: We're just under 24 hours since the trade got announced. I'm sure you guys have had the conversation in Vancouver, but when you look at the decor for Vancouver right now, where does he slide into this lineup in your mind?
3: So coming into the season, it, it's something I, I asked Rick Hockett as well in, in the preseason um, presser of what goes into the decision of, of flipping guys from the left to the right um, because they don't have enough righty team. In it. It, it, it's something that's plaguing most of the league, to be honest. And, you know, he, he gave an answer, but he was also – rather, you know, standoffish about the idea. And sure enough, we've seen it play out that, you know, they've wanted to, to put Ian Cole, Quinn Hughes, and uh, Carson Soucy on three separate pairings. And, you know, Cole and Soucy have had uh, their chances to play on the right side in, in previous years. I'm curious now, like it, once they get healthy, they're going to have four credible NHL demon that have to play. So one of them is going to have to flip to the right side. I, I imagine it's going to be Nikita Zadorov, because they've shown that they want Carson Soucy with Tyler Myers. They've shown that they want Ian Cole on his own pair, uh, away from not away from Quinn Hughes, but not on Quinn Hughes's pair. Because the natural thought would be Quinn oh, Hughes, the offensive dynamo, with a stay-at-home guy like Ian Cole on the right side. He's done it before. Why not do it again? Uh, and that never materialized. So i imagine it's Zadorov. Uh, and to me, the, the obvious one that stands out is Zadorov with Ian Cole, um, because you're not really going to break up. Uh, Hughes and Roanoke. they have been so fantastic to begin the year. They're both just crushing it statistically, but you, you just see the natural um, the, the, the natural influence they have to tilt the game. So the, the, the next spot to me is, is Zadorov and Cole.
1: What's uh, sort of the scouting report been for Vancouver fans? Like, what uh, what are the expectations of Nikita Zadorov coming into to Vancouver? What kind of player are the Canucks fans and maybe media even looking at uh, what they're getting here?
3: Well, let me actually toss this back to you because I think expectations are are rooted also in cost of acquisition. And for a lot of fans yesterday, because we were sat in here talking about Nikita Zora for a couple of weeks and, you know, it doesn't make sense. And for a lot of people, fans and media alike, you know, we thought the cost of acquisition was going to be fairly high and seeing a third and a fifth took a lot of people by surprise. And so suddenly expectations get lowered and say, Oh, like whatever he provides is awesome. It's, it's a future third and a fifth. So, so what was the reaction in Calgary at, at the trade yesterday?
1: I think a lot of fans were initially underwhelmed for two reasons. I think the main one was because so many insiders pegged a lot of teams being interested. I think the uh-huh. natural response was, well, that must mean the price is getting higher, which, I can understand it's something that I kind of bought into, but the more I think about it, you can have five or six teams interested. It doesn't necessarily mean the price skyrockets, right? It can just mean four or five teams offering you very similar deals for the same player. So I guess I kind of got sucked into that, and I think a lot of the fan base did as well. And I think the a bit of sticker shock on the fact that the third isn't until 2026. Uh-huh. Threw some people as well, and we're like, okay, well, that's – You know, it's 2023 right now. We're talking about an asset that doesn't, you know, if you don't use it in another way, doesn't get to be used until 2026. So I think there was a bit of that. And look, he's become a bit of a a fan favorite here for a couple of different reasons. One's the physicality. That's never been an unpopular thing here in Calgary and a guy that's always stepped up for teammates. That's always a big thing. And he's been outspoken uh, on a lot of the issues that have been here in Calgary the last two seasons or so. So... I have to admit that I think that probably skewed the view of what the player actually is. I think if you look at it from a pure where he's playing, the amount of minutes he's playing, comparison to other third-pairing defensemen, I think the price is, is pretty much in line with that.
3: Yeah, okay. That. Yeah, that makes some sense. But as far as expectations of what fans want to see out of the ice uh, or on the ice for, for Canucks, it's, The PK is going to be the big one. Um, What kind of role can he play on the PK? Like Noah Julesson has been playing uh, pound Killing Myths for the Canucks. That was going to have an expiration date on it. And over the past month, going back to the Rangers game, which I think was October 28th, so a little bit over a month here, uh, the the Canucks just are clicking at about 74% on the PK. And this is something like all their resources. Uh, this off season, were dedicated towards fixing this. That's why they go out and get Ian Cole and Carson Soucy, who have very good penalty killing profiles. Uh, they bring in Teddy Bluger, who took a little bit of speed, uh, recovering from an injury to get uh, featured in uh, into the lineup. And Ilya of the year before, now he's coming off an injury. Uh, his limits are still a bit limited, and uh, Rick Tocque is kind of being very careful about his usage and hasn't played enough on penalty kill, but it, it hasn't taken the necessary step. They were historically bad last year. They're just generic bad right now, um, and, and they want to be closer to at least league average. I don't know if they're going to solve everything uh, on the PK immediately, but you know, Rick Tockett's spoken that he, he likes some structural things, and the numbers don't indicate necessarily how they feel the, how, how the penalty kill is playing. But you can't live in seventy four percent for for prolonged stretches, and uh, I imagine the big expectation is going to be Zadora feature on the on the penalty kill and, and help solve it.
1: Yeah, and to be honest, from our perspective, as long as he's not the one taking the penalty, Bick, he should be he should be able to help out from that perspective. So if if that's what Canucks fans are hoping for, it, it can be an adventure at times with Nikita. But yeah, if he's like I said, if he's not the one taking the penalty, he's. Uh, He's been on a, a a penalty kill unit here for a long time, and I don't think that's a fair, an unfair expectation for Canucks fans.
3: No, not at all. And, and the point I've been making too is, if if you intend to be regularly in the playoffs, and I'm making an assumption that you know you resign to stay here in uh, Vancouver, and there's been a lot of reports, that, you know, Vancouver is high on his list, or would would have been high on his list uh, if, if and when he makes it to free agency. Um, you know, part of the the appeal for me is. You play in a division with Vegas, and we just got to see them last night. They are so tall and rangy, and the reach is incredible. And Jack Eichel is slick, and you play in a division with Conor McDavid and Leon Dreisado. you got L.A. with um, Kopitar, Deneau, Dubois down the middle, all three big players. And to, to be able to redirect uh, speed through the neutral zone and, and just slow down uh, these these large players that – can really push the tempo uh not that i think the is going to be the exclusive solution to it all but the fact that you can throw more bodies to the problem to me is a nice acquisition for this all
1: does he make sense if we're talking about an extension as a guy that would you know probably take the spot of a tyler myers if everybody's healthy next year kind of thing
3: well i think they I, I've been wondering about an Ian Cole succession plan, right? They bring okay. him in on a one-year deal uh, at three million dollars. Now they they signed Carson Susi to three years, but the the, the only two D-men that are signed beyond next year are Quinn Hughes and Carson Susi. That's it. Tyler Myers is an unrestricted free agent. Ronick's a restricted free agent. Uh, Zadorov, Cole, both unrestricted free agents. And I mentioned Mark Friedman, and it's, it's that's that's lower down the lineup and very uh, replaceable. So uh, if there's a, an extension, I think you just look at it and say, well, our left side solved. It's used Zdorov and uh, Carson Susi. Now, Ian Cole has played really well and would certainly explore uh, an extension, and that's why the Zadorov flipping over to the right side is very interesting because uh, is this something that they view as a long-term plan on the right side? Uh, the thing is, is they're, they're just not right-handed D-men that are available. So maybe this is the way they chose to uh, solve the right-handed D solution. Uh, but it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me at all if if Zadorov is signed. And you know, to your point, about Myers, uh, you know, he's he's playing. it went all healthy. He's on he's on the third pairing uh, in in a sheltered, limited role at times. Uh, so it it would make sense that he could feature either as the Myers succession plan, uh or the Zadorov uh or, or the, the the Cole succession plan.
1: Uh what's been the
3: Since we've seen
1: the Canucks and the Flames going back to November sixteenth, or a couple of weeks away, uh as I was getting ready for today, it looks like it's been a lot of lose one, win one, lose one, win one for the Canucks, all the way back to uh like you mentioned last night, uh, against the Vegas Golden Knights. Is this group trying to find that consistency again that they had? earlier on in the season?
3: Yeah, they were were playing with so much energy to begin the year. And, you know, that, for for, for me more than anything, was was what was leading to some of the uh, success. Uh, They obviously started so hot. And and now you get to December, and you you remember just how long the season can be. Like, once you – like, the start is always important, but once you overcome that, you just all right, now we're December, and January, and February, and then finally see the trade deadline. All right, here's another marker. We get going in the final twenty these are the dog days of the uh, season and it feels like the effort has started to wane a bit from the Canucks and you know, this, this team still needs more talent in it. And so when you don't have just natural talent where you can come into a game and play for 20 minutes, get your two points and go out and say, all right, we we're, we're ready for the next game. They, they have to live off of constant effort. And, you know, I, I've been on these airwaves and I've talked about, you know, someone like Phil DiGiuseppe, who's, you know, had such a great training camp and played with so much energy to begin the year. But, for a player like that, if it slips like five, seven percent, it really starts to, to bear out, and, and you see just uh, that line um, start to get pushed back and, and the territorial advantage uh, heavily swinging in the other direction. So um, the, the effort overall has, has started to slide as you would naturally expect, and that's why the, the results, I think, for me have, have been a bit more uh, sporadic.
1: Uh quickly before I let you go, what's been going on with uh, Andre Kuzmenko in Vancouver lately?
3: Oh boy. Uh so <laughs> this is, extends to uh last season as well. Um you know and, and I will say and, and this is a point you know Patrick Albine made uh talking to uh Canucks Central on the station uh, earlier this week is like it's it, it's still a second year player, right? As much as we talk about an older player, uh, they they still view this as like he's still going through the learning process and the maturation process at the NHL level. And there were moments under Bruce Boudreau where he got scratched and Rick Tockett, you know, play would play him nine minutes. And there are certain elements to his game at times where, you know, Rick Tockett, you can see the the head shake behind the bench of trying to make too creative of a play and not playing, you know, within their their staples if they want to see the big term by Rick Tockett staples. And then, then the minutes start to get reduced and he can find himself out of the lineup. Now, to his credit, uh, he's never sulked about it. He's he got one of the sunniest sunniest dispositions you'll ever see in the NHL. And he's been very receptive to taking the coaching and, and trying to improve, and he wants to improve at it. Uh, so that's why it probably hasn't reached a five-alarm fire. But I, I, you're you're always curious of how many times you can play that, hit and just keep going to it and saying, Hey, like you're out of the lineup today and, and we're limiting your minutes. And we, we, don't trust you in this role here before it becomes a bigger issue. And I can't imagine, you know, the, the agent's thrilled of, of seeing a guy consistently uh, out of the lineup. He missed two games uh, over the weekend. I, I think the, the biggest thing is Andre Cusmaneco needs to score goals. Cause if you're scoring 39, you can live with some other deficiencies. He's got four. And, you know, I'm making the point that he is producing. He's not short on points uh, overall, but he's here to score goals, and right now he's not doing that.
1: Uh, should be a good one tomorrow. Looking forward to another Hockey Night in Canada matchup between the Canucks and the Flames. Really appreciate the time, Big. Great stuff as always, man. Uh, thanks for hopping on with us today. As always. Take care, pal. Big Nazar joining us from Sports Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver, down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline giving us a little bit of the Canucks perspective following the Nikita Zadorov trade on Thursday. Wrapping things up on a Friday. It's been a busy one. So much Flames content. We heard from Ilya Solovyov. We heard from Ryan Huska. We heard from Michael Backlund. We got the news about Oliver Shillington uh, back out on the ice today with a couple of his teammates. No return imminent. I'll stress that again, but still great to see Oliver back out there and hopefully Hopefully, fingers crossed, moving towards uh, a return to the Calgary Flames lineup. That would be an outstanding story uh, if that's what's happening. If not, just hope he's doing okay and is uh, getting back to a a normal day-to-day for Oliver Shillington. But that was good news today. Of course, still reacting uh, to the Nikita Zadorov trade. We've been back and forth on the text line all afternoon. It's been great. There's been different perspectives. There's been ones we've agreed with, ones we haven't agreed with, but that's... Uh, The best part about doing this job is getting to have these conversations uh, with you on the text line. So if you texted in today, I certainly appreciate it. I hope we can do more of it. It was a fun conversation to get into today. Uh, If you listened live or on the podcast, we really do appreciate it. We'll be back on Monday. We'll break down the Flames and the Canucks and talk about uh, what it was like to see Nikita Zadorov in the Vancouver Canucks blue uh, and uh, continue to see what the Flames have done with this homestand, will we see Ilya Soloviov, uh in action on Saturday? Does he get a chance to fill in on that spot where Nikita Zadorov has now vacated? Uh, it's been a ton of fun. We've done it from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios alongside my outstanding producers on this Friday, Cam and Taylor. Have yourselves a great weekend right here on your Home of the Flames, the Hitmen, the Wranglers, and more. It's Sportsnet 960, The Fan.